Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back, everyone. I am so excited to introduce you to our guest tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about it, though. This week, the FDA granted accelerated full approval of Leukemia, the second drug directed at the fundamental causes of Alzheimer's disease. How big of a step is this when it comes to ending the disease? Are more medications coming through in this fight? Well, we've asked Sue Perriott, CEO of the Minnesota North Dakota chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, to come on the show and talk about these developments. She joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you this evening? Doing very well. I'm so glad that you joined us tonight. Um, this is such a an incredible um thing that has happened recently. Uh, Alzheimer's, we've been dealing with this for a long time. Can you tell me how many years now have we been dealing with this? Oh, my gosh. Well, probably it's been around forever. Um, right. I think it's been over at least 100 years that be- since it's been diagnosed and named, the disease is given a name. But it really kind of the association's been in existence since 1979, when we've really had a focus on trying to help people on their journey with the disease and also look for treatments, prevention methods, and, of course, that ultimate cure. The ultimate cure. Well, I understand that today the U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved Leukemia um, for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease. This is big. This is gigantic, right? It is. You know, in the entire time that I've been with the association and and ever since the association has started, we've never had a drug that would really help um, maintain someone's cognition. So this is big news that there is actually a treatment available. And it's, it's exciting. You know, for years, I would go and do talks and say there's no known treatment, no known cause. There's nothing that we can really do. And I don't have to say that anymore. It's super exciting. (laughs) It really is exciting. And this is via the accelerated approval pathway. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, actually, what the FDA did this last week was it gave it full approval. So it has had accelerated approval for a little while now, but the drug company went for full approval, and the FDA gave that this week. So that's what's really crucial in this fight is that this is the first drug that was given full approval. 
It's full approval. Okay, so when you say that, you must be so excited because this is what we've been looking for. We've been hoping that there have been some new things coming forward and it's going to move quickly because we have so many millions of Americans. What is it, 6.5 million, I believe, that are dealing with this terrible disease, Alzheimer's. Yes. Now, this drug, if, if you know anything about it, it is really designed for people in the very early stages of the disease. So it's not going to help the 6.5 million people, but the people in the very early stages of Alzheimer's disease or if they're diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment. So this is a smaller group. So, yes, super exciting, but really for a smaller number of people. But there are some things that we're still concerned about. So one of the things that we have been working on and advocating for is that once this drug got full approval, and even with accelerated approval, that the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, that they would cover the drug. Because before, when it was just accelerated approval, they would not pay for the drug. So even though it was you know, approved by the FDA, they would not cover it. CMS has said, yes, they would cover it if it got full approval, and they did agree to that this week as well. So that is exciting, but we do still have some concerns, Gerilyn. Uh, CMS has said they, they want to put some things in place. They want to make sure that people are on a part of a registry if they take this drug. And while that sounds great, um, that really can do an be an undue burden to people in rural communities, to hospitals and clinics, that maybe this is a financial burden to them. And we really, that's not going to give provide access to all. And we are concerned about that. So while we are excited that it received full approval and that CMS will cover it, there are still a lot of concerns we have in place that we think um, need to be changed. I really appreciate you um, sharing the truth because a lot of times we don't understand it and we don't get it, right? Yet we see so many loved ones, so many loved ones that are suffering from this. So we know that these are people who are just starting uh, to have the disease. They're just now in it, right? Right. Correct. Okay. So go ahead. Well, I was going to say that's why it's so important to go get diagnosed and to have those conversations with your physicians. Because now there is something available for those people right in that early stage of the disease. And that is really exciting. That is exciting. At the same time, there are people sitting going, I've been waiting for so long. And you mean to tell me that I don't get any, any relief? What, what do we say to that? We say that our work's not done. That, we, that is why we continue to spread awareness about this disease. We continue to raise money or research and to help people on their journey. And yes, we don't think that's right either. But what I do think is a lot of times when we start having some successes in treating and uh, treating a disease with drugs and things like this, the science starts to explode because the scientists really get excited and we will have more scientists come into the field researching this and they're going to research all different, you know, they're not looking at just the early stage. They're looking at preventing the disease. They're looking at what we can do to help people in those mid stages. We want to, you know, it'd be, wouldn't it be great if we never got Alzheimer's disease? So, I mean, there's all kinds of things that scientists are doing right now. And this will really, it, you're going to start seeing explosions of successes, I think, in the Alzheimer's world in the near future. 
So those that are saying, well, maybe I need to get tested to see if I have Alzheimer's, uh, and then they realize that whatever it is that's starting, some don't even know how to define it. Um, if if you are involved in this and you see a group of people that are saying, you know, coming in saying, I think I have it, and the doctors confirm that, is there something that can be done if it's in the early, early stages, or is this something that they have to follow a path to get better um, to to get better, period. Well, yes. If you go in, say you went in tomorrow or I go in tomorrow and have that conversation with my physician that I have concerns about my cognition. And again, I think that's really important to do because there's often very many different reasons why a person's cognition might be changing. And it's really important to find out if it is Alzheimer's disease so that you could now be eligible to take this drug. So if you get that diagnosis, I would have that conversation with your physician. Am I eligible to take this drug? Is you know What impact will this have in my life? What is that going to look like? Um, and that's a big discussion that each person needs to have with their doctor and decide on their own if they think this is the right drug for them to take. Because, of course, there are side effects and things like that, too, that people need to be aware of. Yeah, there are actually warnings when it comes to uh, leukemia base. So I'm just curious to know what people need to know about this drug. Well, I'm not a scientist, so I'm not going to know everything that I, <laughs> you know, or a doctor, or physician that's going to be able to tell all of that. But one of the side effects we know is um, what we call aria, and those are minor brain bleeds, you know, so bleeding in the brain. And a lot of times that there, you won't notice any of the side effects, but that's why it's important to continue to see your physician and do all the follow-up treatment so they can detect that. If that happens, most often they will take you off the drug for a while, wait for your brain to heal, and then they can put you back on the drug if you want to do that. Wow. Um, it's interesting. When you read about this, I, I get excited because we really have been waiting to hear more about yeah. different medications that are coming forward now, right? And there are so many people that are really excited about it. Um, but then when we start reading words in, in, in an article that says, oh, you know, symptoms, warnings, that sort of thing. Like there, there was a, a piece here that says um, you, have, you might have symptoms like a headache, confusion, dizziness, mm-hmm. vision changes, nausea, and seizure, and so much more. And then you get, you know, placed on more medication, maybe, because you're feeling this way. And um, I'm my mother's primary caregiver. And I have to tell you, I am always terrified when there's new medication, because I keep saying to myself, don't we aren't we supposed to spend 10 years working on that? Or maybe we have spent 10 years, but we just don't know enough yet. Is that correct? Yes, I think there's still so much that we need to learn about this disease and how it evolves within a person. And I, I truly think that, you know, eventually it'll probably be more of a cocktail of drugs. So think about like HIV AIDS. You don't just take one drug. Often it's a cocktail that is best suited to you as an individual. And we'll probably see some of that in the future as we're going to take different drugs so that they attack, attack the disease in different ways. Well, it's it's incredible. I'm excited about it and worried about it at the same time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right? So I really hope that we can have you back on um, um, later on to see how things are going with this new drug. Um, do you have quite a few people lined up to take it? 
I do not know that yet. Um, as okay. I said, the CMS has put in place that to administer this drug, hospitals and clinics need to be part of a registry. And there's still a lot of questions about that. What does that mean? What does the registry look like? So if you did go in to see your doctor tomorrow, you're probably not going to be able to get this drug right away. We are waiting to hear, like, what are the next steps from CMS? What else do people need to do? And we will work really hard to get that information out to all of the doctors so that they can put things in place to be able to offer this drug. My goodness, it's good news, and I hope that it will continue to be great or get to the point where it's great news and people don't have to worry about it. Families don't have to worry about it. I pray a lot for those. I know quite a few people whose uh, parents have or maybe one of the parents have Alzheimer's. It is nothing to laugh at. It is nothing to ignore. And I'm so grateful for what you are doing and what others are doing as well. So thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to let us know before I let you go? I would just say make sure that people have our helpline number because this is a disease that no one should go through alone. And if people have questions, they have concerns, they just don't know what to do, they're frustrated, reach out to our toll-free helpline number, which is 800-272-3900 because there is help available and we are here 24 hours a day to help people. I want to make sure that I have that correct. You said the helpline is 800 800- Two seven two thirty nine hundred. Correct. That is correct. Oh, what a pleasure it has been to have you, even for a short amount of time. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And thank I hope you. that uh, we can talk with you again. Take care. Sounds good. Take care. <laughs> have a great evening. Bye bye. That is Sue per- Perriott, CEO of the Alzheimer's Association, Minnesota North Dakota chapter. There's a whole lot for us to continue to learn. And when we get the good news that there's a new medication that is working in some of the tests or there's good information uh, that we can share with others, um, it feels great, right? And then sometimes we find out that if you've had or your loved ones have had Alzheimer's for a while, there's not this, this particular medicine can't help uh, initially. So it's always tough, and I don't know why Alzheimer's exists. I don't understand it. I have had many talks with families or friends of mine who have a family member that has it, but this is serious business. And um, I know that music um, can really heal a lot. I am I am all for music. You know, I'm a singer, I'm a performer, and if I could go and sing around the world to Alzheimer groups, I would. I absolutely would. But I don't know if it would help in any way. If there's nothing but joy on their faces, then there's success. That is for sure. Okay, we're going to stop and um, take a break. And then we'll come back and have some other thoughts. We'll be back in a moment. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is now 8 to 25 here at WCCO. We only have a few more minutes. But I must say that I am truly grateful that we had a chance to talk about Alzheimer's today. You know, some people don't notice or maybe they don't know uh, people that go through a lot. 
with their loved ones who have Alzheimer's. And I have to tell you that I, you know, have so many uncles and aunts that have gone on, and I don't know of any of them that has Alzheimer's. However, I know that they have some major challenges in their lives. And I can only imagine how the family that many of you have that have Alzheimer's has so much to do, so much to figure out, so many times to meet and and to try to get more information, uh, different types of medicine and that sort of thing. It is a challenge. It's not just a challenge for you. It's a challenge for churches. It's a challenge for corporations whose employees may need to leave and take a, a leave of absence for six months or something like that. It's a challenge. And I just pray that we will get to the point where it's done, where we have, we have the means and we have the knowledge to know what to do to make sure that it's gone. And I know it's possible. It just hasn't happened yet. Medication for me, Jonathan, has not been easy. You know, I've never been the girl that liked medication. <laughs> you know, I try not to take Tylenol. But when you have to take medication to make sure that you are getting better, that you are seeing a difference, uh, you're getting better and better as you keep going, that's important. And we have to pay attention to that. So think about your coworkers, think about your families, think about your friends who have someone in their lives with Alzheimer's. Talk to them. Call them. Say, how are you doing? Are you exhausted? I had a woman, a friend of mine. We were friends for years. And she called me about two years ago. And we just talked. And I asked her how her father was doing. And she told me as much as she could. So much of it I don't understand. But I think if we give someone a hug or reach out to them in some way, just some little way that makes a difference, then I'm all for it. All right, we're going to take a break. You are listening to... Oh, let's take a call from Marsha from St. Paul. Hi, Marsha. Hi, Geraldine. Just a quick call. Nice to hear you again. Um, my, I took care of my mom for 11 and a half years. I called the Alzheimer's Association frequently, and I would encourage people to call them. I called them when something new happened, when we were going to travel or to how, what to expect. And every time they sent me information, they answered my questions 24 hours a day, different parts of the country. I talked to the same people many times, and I took notes. I wrote down the date, the time, my question or concern, who I talked to and what their answer was, and I still have the notebook. So I would highly encourage people to call the association. They are amazing and fabulous and very empathetic, very supportive. Is that the helpline that I received earlier, or do you have another number we can call? I think that was the one you received earlier. They were at the time in Edina during the day and Chicago at night and someplace else over overnight. But um, I think that's the same one. I think there's just one. And okay. I'm going through. I'm so, I'm quit, go ahead. I'm quit grabbing my address book because I've got it in here. I carry it at work. I work in long-term care, and I give it to um, family members. And I'm quickly looking to see if I can grab it. 
Well, the number Alzheimer's. I have is 800 There we go. Yes. Thank you for confirming and, and that. Was, and thank and you for sharing. Years, this was 25 years ago, and they're still doing wonderful work. They are awesome and amazing, and they will help everybody out there who needs it. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You take care of yourself. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you that's too. great news. Take thank care. You. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. All right, it's time for us to take a break. Oh, oh, by the way, if any of you have questions or you don't get this number, I think Jonathan, I will come back um, in the next with the next guest, and I'll I will definitely give you that number again because it's way important. It's so so important. Um, a lot of people may sit and think, oh yeah, I can find that number anywhere. And sometimes I, things that I have to go when it comes to medical stuff, I never can find the number that they gave me. So one more time, eight zero zero two seven two three nine zero zero. We'll be back in a moment. It is now eight thirty four here at WCCO. Welcome back, everyone. I love this song, by the way, Jonathan. You know that it makes me dance a little bit. So I'm really excited to introduce you to the chair and co-founder of the Minnesota Aurora FC. Her name is Andrea Yock, like stock, and I'm so excited to have her join us tonight. Why? Because on Saturday, the Twin Cities' newest sports franchise fell short of their championship goal. Short of that, however, Minnesota Aurora FC is hitting all of their marks. In just its second year, the Aurora has become one of the most formidable teams in the USLW League. That is huge. Playing several of the sold-out home games at Egan's TCO Stadium, the franchise has already turned a few heads across the metro. To talk about the organization's fast start, we welcome Aurora Chair and co-founder to the program via the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, Andrea Yock. How are you, Andrea? Hi, I'm good. We're a little bit tired and a little bit sad today, but appreciate you having me on. Really grateful that you were able to join us tonight. I can only imagine how um, difficult it has been because you guys are doing well, and then all of a sudden there's this change. How did you handle it, and how did the team handle it? Um, You know, it's hard because this team and our team last year they truly love each other. The the chemistry is so strong, and they become such good friends. And so to to be beaten in the playoffs, and, and you know, sports are hard, and that's the thing. Everything else with this team is so beautiful and, and harmonious and happy, but then you remember it's competition. Everybody right. wants to win. So, um, yeah, just everybody's very sad. They were sad last night, um, you know, sad again today. But they, they got together tonight, and Miles were coming back out again, and uh, they're playing volleyball and just spending some time together before everybody goes their separate ways at the end of the summer. But right now, just a little bit of sadness, but also pride in the season that we had. How do you keep um, everyone feeling good saying, hey, we're ready for 2024. We are not going to have to worry about it. We're going to be our best selves. How do you get them to that? Well, honestly, a lot of it is because of our fans. Um, we had 7,000 people at our last game. We're breaking attendance records. We're breaking our own attendance records, and we have the highest attendance out of 66 teams in the league and some of the best attendance in the United States um, for women's soccer. And so when the players – 
see those fans. We had fans come to Flint, Michigan, which is not easy to get to, by the way. Um, It means so much, right? So all you want to do is do it again. You want to get back in front of those fans. You want to give them everything that you have. And that makes a huge difference when you know you're playing for these people who have so many choices. They could go to so many different things. We live in a market where there's every night there's competition. And yet you choose to come to an Aurora game where players absolutely want to give you their best. So with them wanting to give their best, what more can you do? I know encouraging them, making sure that it's tight team, that they that they understand everything that you are teaching, everything that uh, – if do they add to it? Do they come to you and say, hey, what if we try this or we try that? Is that something that you can do in this sport? Uh, yeah, I mean, we from a, a pure soccer standpoint, uh, our, my head coach would be much better to answer that than I would be. I'm, I'm gonna, I, I try not to actually interfere with decisions being made on the soccer field. But as far as things they want to do, you know, housing, when they want to get here, how they want to work out, what time they want to work out. Even, you know, we made a decision to fly to Detroit instead of busing. Those things we try to support as much as we possibly can. We want Aurora to be the best atmosphere and the most supportive place for the players that we can. So from our medical staff at Twin Cities Orthopedic to the trainer to our strength and conditioning coach, we have a mental skills coach this year. Any of those things that we think we can do in order to help make our players healthy and whole mentally and physically, we will provide for them. And all they have to do is ask. Right. Will you be taking on any new players? Do you know? Yes, there's always going to be some turnover. Um, We hope to have some players that might um, be able to go over and play in Europe. So we'll we'll lose some players from um, moving up in the world and and going on to bigger jobs, which is great. Um, One of our our most popular players, uh, Crystal Yua, she just graduated from dental school. uh, So she's now a doctor. Wow. She'll start her dental career. Yeah. She, uh, she played with us while going to dental school at the University of Minnesota, and we didn't actually – she's a great story. We didn't even know she was here. She, she went to Michigan State. She was a star at Michigan State. There, our league only is two years old. So when she graduated from Michigan State, there was nowhere for her to keep going to play. Came out here for dental school, and we were having tryouts, and somebody said, you should go try out. And so Christelle will start her dental career in September as a full – uh, you know, doctor, and she worked really hard. She took her boards during soccer season and everything else. So there's a few we'll lose that way, um, you know, because they're at the age where they finish their master's programs and want to just get started with their life. And then there's, you know, a bunch that will come back. And uh, we had new ones this year, too, and the chemistry just continued to be wonderful. So our coaching staff does a great job of finding women who fit into our system of, uh, you know, gratitude, loving what we're building here, believing in what we're building here. And so it's, uh, it'll make next year exciting. Wow. It's incredible. It really is incredible. And I know uh, what it feels like to lose. And so um, I love that, that even though they lost, um, what they did accomplish was really remarkable. Um, and I, I am expecting that for next year. I know that they're going to be excited to be back and um, the audience will get bigger and bigger. I really believe that. And by the way, are you seeing more or hearing more about Minnesotans coming to the games, um, making sure that they try to fill it up? Um, I mean, we we have had uh, we've been at capacity for a while, so oh, good, uh, really, good, good, good. Since, since we started this team, um, 
the response from the community has been tremendous from media has been amazing and the fans uh, so our last home game two weeks ago which turned out to be our last game for the season uh we had seven thousand people in the stadium we can't fit any more people than that that's so, amazing uh, yeah so we we've been well over six thousand fans for uh, almost all of our games and that we just keep pushing and trying to get more in and have some standing room only but yeah our community has been amazing and we are by far blown. We're so blown away from what we thought would happen when we started this team. And it's just going to continue to grow. Wow. Congratulations. This is so big. And I really hope I can get some tickets to come to some of the shows. Uh, Better get them pretty quick. It sounds like it goes pretty quickly, those tickets. So that's, yeah, that's a great problem to have, right? It's a great problem. Yes, yeah, exactly. And we keep our, we keep our ticket prices low because we really want everybody to be able to come. So that I think that's part of the sellout, right? Is it's a really great place for people to be able to come in groups um, without yeah. breaking your bank. Well, I'm just shocked when I read sentences like outscoring opponents, um, sixty-one to four. Uh, you know, you just kind of go, "Wow, how yeah. in the world did that? Did they not win that last one?" But anything can happen. Any thing can happen. Right. The big deal that we have to do is support. So I'm going to do my exactly. best to do that. Andrea, thank well, you so much for it. joining us tonight. Thank, thank you, you very much. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. So bottom line is I don't know enough about the Minnesota Aurora. And if you don't know enough about it, please look into it. Please look into it. And Jonathan, before we go, of course, I want to ask you about, did, did you go to any of the, the games? Did you... Pay attention. I have not gone to any of the games. Um, I didn't. I knew that the that the team was being formed last year because mm-hmm. there was some buzz about it. There were some stories about it, and there was there is a campaign. Not I, I don't know. I don't want to call it the campaign, but there are ways that you can actually kind of get in on ownership of this team, and they do have packages. If you go on their website, eminaurora.com. Uh, you can find packages to get kind of a, a claim, a little claim of ownership in this team. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of like when you have season tickets to uh, to a club or to a, a sports franchise, they kind of have that as well. So um, the the opportunities are out there to invest in this team, not just from going to the games and being there, but also from that sort of Green Bay Packers investment ownership type of type of role. Um, so no, I have not been to any games myself. I need to do that starting next season. Um, but I did try to follow them a little bit this season and and did see, especially after last year where they were undefeated all the way until right. the championship match. I wanted to follow them and make sure that they were basically on the same plane, and they stayed on that same plane. They were undefeated going into yesterday's match against Indy 11 uh, for for a spot in the semifinals, and unfortunately they just ran into a really good defensive team, and they were shut out. And I, I will say this, one of the reasons I was able to follow the game, I was actually here yesterday while the Twins were on, but they were being carried on Fox 9+. Plus. So they wow. were being carried locally on television over over the free air. So you could have watched that game yesterday as well. And I, I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm assuming that you might have more of those games coming up 
as we go along in the next season and the season after that. So when does the season begin? I think it began in April. Uh, let me give me a second. I'll find that out. Yeah, because my I'm curious about it um, to make sure that we know about it. Of course, the links we we know when this starts and when it ends and that sort of thing. But I don't know much at all about Minnesota Aurora FC. I don't, and that's sad. As you know, I, I call well, myself a feminist. I should know. Well, well, this is this is really new. You have to remember that the links, I believe, have been around for 25 years. Right. So it's been they've been around for a while, and the WNBA had a lot of fanfare around it because it's so connected. It's it's a subsidiary, basically, of the NBA. The W League, which is, you could call it maybe a AAA for the, um, the NWSL, which is the National Women's Soccer League, th- there hasn't been as much press about that. This is, this is kind of underground at this point, and so I'm not surprised that... that there hasn't been a lot of press about it. I am enthusiastic, and it it does do my heart good that the fan base has shown up and has shown up in very very good numbers early on. Great numbers. I mean, there there <laughs> there are no more seats. You know, it's right. great. It's wonderful. But you know, whether I have to stand outside or something, I really need to go and see this. Is it is it also on television or radio? So so yesterday's game was on television. I don't think most of their games are on TV or radio. Um, the it looks like they started in late May. So they late May. Okay. Yeah, just before Memorial Day they started, and the. Next weekend, I believe, is going to be both the semifinals and the championships. So it basically goes about two months. Uh, looks like they have a game or a couple of games a week, usually one midweek and then one over the weekends. Well, the location that they're using is selling out 7,000 people. That's huge. That's yes, and it's huge. and it's the now the TCO Stadium, for people that aren't aware, that is the Vikings – Facility that is the Minnesota Vikings facility in Egan when they in moved, Egan yes the when they moved from Winter Park out in Eden Prairie right this right. is where they are now that is the facility that the Aurora are using well hey now over by that hotel and all of that yes it's yes. a lot over there I didn't know that so that's how they practice and that's where they go that's where their games are um, I, I'm not okay. quite sure where they practice but that's where their games are played is at that little state not the little stadium but that stadium that the Vikings will start using here in the next few weeks for training camp so do you know if the Vikings are supporting them in any other way that's a good question um, I don't know I'll have to look that up I, yeah, I, I'm that's... not sure hmm. Wow, that's awesome. That's just awesome. Really great to hear. Um, I know that you you had said that the Amateur Women's Soccer Club's perfect season ended in a 1-0 to zero defeat to Indy 11 in the USLW League Central Conference Championship in Flint, Michigan. And um, Aurora was 13-0-0. Explain that to me. So in... Soccer or football, if you depending on what part of the world you're from, mm-hmm. there are ties. So when you have a record of let's say thirteen zero and one, depending on where the column is, some people put the losses in the middle column, some people put them on the left side. 
you could have 13 wins, zero losses, and one tie, or a draw, as they call it in soccer. Or you could have 13 wins, zero draws, and one loss. So you always have to look at the standings, see where they put the wins, see which column is the draws or ties, and see which one is the losses. And that's how you follow the th- what their record is. But you're not going to have just wins or losses like you have in basketball, like you have in baseball, like you have. I guess you could. I guess you could say you could have it in hockey now. They used to have ties in hockey too. Wow, I'm just. I just didn't know. It's really sad that Geraldine did not know about this. Well, see, <laughs> about you get to learn Aurora. something new tonight. It's all about well, learning. Oh, here you go. Here no, you I'm, go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's it's all it's always about learning, right? Well, yeah, that's what it should be about. And I'm I'm just terribly disappointed that I didn't know. But now you can so, go on their website again. M N Aurora A U R O R A dot com. Find out more about them. Get ready for the next season. And it's, it's again, a short season, and it's going to start in a time, hopefully, where the weather will be nice enough where you can go outside and sit outside up here because it got kind of close. It got kind of close. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> enough said. And have you met the coach, by the way? No, I haven't. I, this is my first interaction with the team, uh, setting them up for the interview. Um, I hope to be better informed and, and do more regarding the team going forward. Wow. I tell you, uh, there's so much going on in this great state of ours, and I absolutely did not know about this, and that's sad. So, Jonathan, I uh, today uh, ask you to please let me know if there's another team that comes out from Minnesota and I don't know anything about it. I so, will. Yeah. I will do my best. Do. Um, there, like like uh, Miss Yox said, there's so many teams and so many things that are that are garnering for your attention when you talk right. about sports teams. Um, it's you can get lost in the soup, and so the fact that they have that turnout all the time when they when they play at TCO, that's great to hear. And when the the team is put together, are they from all over or mostly in Minnesota? Yes, I believe most of them are Minnesota players or or, or have Minnesota ties. Um, if I can take a quick look at the roster, and then we gotta. I know we quick... have to take a break. Yeah, I know. But but let me see if I can find any. I'm gonna have to look through the break because they don't have uh, an easy way to see where these where these ladies are from. So I got to dig into it and see through each different set of people, diff- you know, the defenders, the the forwards, the midfielders, where they're from. So I'll I'll do All that right. during the break. All right. Well, let's take a break. This is a good time to do it, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back, everyone. My goodness, I have learned a lot about the Minnesota Aurora. By the way, I just love their um, uh, the design that they have. What is that called, Jonathan? Uh, the crest. They're, yes. They're- so from their jerseys, their what, the, what they, you would call in soccer your kit. They call them kits, but jerseys, mm-hmm. their their design. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And by the way, I didn't know that you know after two rounds of voting, community owners narrowed the final list to Arctic Minnesota for the names of this group. Right, Arctic Minnesota, Minnesota Foxfire, and Minnesota Aurora. I would have voted for Minnesota Aurora immediately. It just sounds right. 
Uh, so I was happy to see that and that they didn't accept Arctic Minnesota and Minnesota Foxfire. Yay. <laughs> Yay. So I have a lot more to learn about it, but man, soccer is a great, um, a great game. Here's the thing. My son-in-law, um, loves soccer. He loves to play. When he first moved to Minnesota and when he was engaged to my daughter, I could not believe how much this man wanted to play. And he played with anybody everywhere, it just all over the state of Minnesota. And he just loved it. And now his son, my grandson, who's almost three years old, you ought to see him with a soccer ball. You ought to see it, Jonathan. It's amazing. When he is in the mood to do it, it's amazing. I'm <laughs> telling you, I... everywhere else in the world, everywhere else in the world, this is basically their number one sport. And no, you have people yeah, that's true. Right. You have people that if they're from countries in Africa, countries in South America, countries in Asia, they right. learn this at a young age. It is like skating for hockey in in Minnesota and Canada. It's Ooh. it's something that is really dug in really early. It's amazing. All right, everyone, it's time to go to center stage in the nine o'clock hour. Don't go away. We'll be back in a moment. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 